0: The Chucker here, 1990s resident historian, and I'm back with my podcast partner in crime in this 1999 podcast, Aaron Meyer, who's going to tell us a bit about his latest project, Iconic Seasons, which offers fans a deep dive into one thrilling college basketball season at a time. Aaron's work begins with Iconic Seasons. He's going to start with the historic 1987 season that began with North Carolina atop the preseason polls, witnessed the meteoric rise of a player from the Naval Academy of all places, and ended with Indiana claiming its fifth national title on one of the championship game's most iconic, memorable shots. Aaron, it's cool to be back in the podcast world with you.
1: Man, it's great to be back in the saddle here. The the NBA season. We were just talking before we started about our Chicago Bulls. I've got all my Bulls gear on. the The NCAA season's kicking off soon. Indiana's got an exhibition game tomorrow. Mike Woodson, despite our talented freshman being arrested uh, at Taco Bell last weekend, said that's in the past and he'll be playing. <laughs> so we are moving. We are moving forward, and just like the Hoosiers, we're moving on with a new project. So two hundred. 50 episodes of the 99 podcast uh, we we did and uh, got something new on the way so i'm excited to, to share some information about it
0: yeah 219 episodes of the 99 yeah. podcast
1: yeah wow we
0: did uh, probably about a quarter of those together it almost seems i know, I know. No, there's pretty, no quite a run with that so um let's talk about iconic seasons man what was your impetus for creating iconic seasons tell us how it all got started
1: Well, you can give a little background to this too because we had some conversations about this i think part of it was just thinking about the the evolution of the podcast we were trying to stay up with all the uh, interesting things that 99 was releasing and trying to find a way to bring a focus to some of the interviews and my original idea was around the 1979 season, Magic and Larry, and there may be a possibility that that could be a future season still, but as I dug into it and had some conversations with with you, we had some content that we we were able to kind of upcycle into more fleshed out episodes with some expanded narration and some clips in the background to help tell the story, and I think it just started to come together around that 1987 Final Four. We had done some some of those interviews, and I had a few planned. Joe Hillman, who is the sixth man on that Indiana Hoosiers team, was really giving of his time and willing to t- take us behind the scenes. I mean, he gives some incredible uh, stories that we can we can get into uh, just to talk a little bit about some of them but that that's kind of the the impetus where where the drive came from we had this this podcast that was rolling and and some of the things as they do change and this is a way to extend the life of it with a little bit different brand on it
0: i think you're exactly right man i mean one of the things i think we both saw was there was so much great content and so much great energy when you dug back into the archives and looked at some of these seasons you would see Just all these great little stories. Well, I didn't know that. Oh, I don't remember that. You know, for both of us, we were younger in 1987, so it doesn't exist as clearly for us as maybe as it does for others. And then others don't even know about 1987. The interesting thing—that's the first year with the three-point shot. Mm. We're gonna talk, little, I think, a little bit about that later and how that kind of changed the thing. Because I was, you know, as I said, first year three-point shot in the NCAA basketball, 19, nine, 19 feet <laughs> nine inches—that's where the company got named, of course. But uh, you're exactly right, man. I, you know, I think when you kind of said, "Hey, I'd like to do a deep dive on one of the seasons," seventy nine, I think, is is certainly a great place to start, and, and perhaps probably the first season that jumps to mind mm. because that really sets the stage for modern college basketball in many ways. I mean, that magic. Bird battle in the, in the 79 finals kind of kicks off. I think how we think about college basketball today is a, a great national affair and a great national celebration. But then, yeah, as we kind of dug in, I said, Hey, you know, Aaron, we got these 1987, a lot of pieces already done. I'd already done interviews uh, on the podcast, Tales from the Bench with Ryan Ford, who was a member of the 1987 Providence team that went to the final four. Joe Combe was a walk-on on the 87 Syracuse squad. So I thought, Hey man, those were two engaging interviews. We had a lot of depth. That we covered a lot of ground. So it seemed like a great place to start. So I'm glad you started with 1987 specifically, because it ends with again. We'll talk about this later. The most, uh, you know, outside of maybe Jordan shot, maybe the most yeah. memorable shot. In college basketball championship game <laughs> and
1: all the all the interviews for from the guys who who didn't win especially joe he just he can't even watch it i mean his his story that's in the the interview about how he uses it for motivation to this day is just an, an incredible insight into someone's psyche and you know the fact that he turned it into something positive uh, pretty pretty incredible but i love that that story from from his interview and before we you know dig in too much to
0: specifically to season one 1987 take us behind the name of the podcast iconic seasons
1: well i you know the the word iconic seems to just jump jump out and gives a frame of reference and again when the idea came about, it was about that 1979 season. So there's there's nothing that kind of seared into college basketball fans' memories more than that. If you say Larry and Magic, you know, a lot, I'd say a lot of people think of the celtics and and Lakers but I don't think that you can think of them and not also think of the Michigan State Indiana Denver. state championship game and and so it's just an extension of that and I think that it could go in a lot of different directions too talking about there's just a lot of stories out there to tell that's what 99 is so good about too what I enjoyed so much and being part of the the 99 podcast was the opportunity to retell those stories or find ways into those to tell those stories again because they're just so much fun to to relive I mean one of the the favorite things that I would encourage people to do if they Love that 1987 uh, season and they were, were younger like you and I were. It's just so much fun to ask people who are a little bit older than you, uh, our family members about, Hey, what do you remember about that? And you're going to, you guarantee you're going to get their uh, version of the story. Where were they at? What were they doing? And we get the opportunity to ask people who were there. <laughs> you know, So you get the firsthand story. What was the experience like? And that's just another layer. So I think it's just an awesome opportunity to, uh, pick out a season to, to deep dive into to look for to the the audio clips that help to tell the story it gives a, a texture to to the interviews where it cuts away to rick Bettino talking or to jim Beheim or bobby knight and then kind of interspersed that with our interviews to give it a different feel and to give it a liveliness that we had in some of the shorts you and i were doing the the 99 shorts where you would would do a a smaller version of this you had a narrated transcript and i would find different clips to kind of intersperse in there to help give it a a different pacing and a different feel and i think it really worked and it just gave me the idea to expand that into full-length episodes and then uh, a season eventually well i'm not gonna lie i'm very biased because i created
0: 199 shorts i did love those (laughs) but you know one of the things i think you did awesome just awesome in this project you was kind of putting it together is those those interviews that we did that lived on the nineteen nine podcast, yeah. you bring some of those those great kind of sound bites out that help tell a full story, but then you kind of bring in all these kind of archival information. And it's, it's so rich in the moment because you're getting Patino commenting on the 1987 Providence squad, you mm-hmm. know, from a post-game press conference. But then we have this rich reflection of guys who were there on the team, talking about something you know almost 40 years old and so it's we get this rich reflection from the contemporary interviews this rich kind of raw stuff from the past and i think that the blend that you put to do and how you kind of splice these together and kind of massage it all together i think was just freaking awesome to be honest was it was really cool to kind of get to that so so let's kind of dive a little bit more to that give people a general sense of what season one of iconic seasons 1987 what does it look like
1: yeah. Well, you you, oh, I got to give you, you a shout out to start out with, started out with one of your, I'll uh, take na- it. Yeah. Your narrated blog. So you wrote a blog about New Orleans final fours. And just so we start out and this episode's going to be free to everybody. We're going to do it on Patreon and subscription on Buzzsprout. But the first episode everybody can get along with this one, of course, but it, you go through the history of the New Orleans Final Four. So you've got Jordan shot in '82. You've got this this season '87. You've got Kansas
0: 1992?
1: Yeah, you've got Syracuse yeah the timeout you've got Syracuse returning to the superdome to get their championship so there there's just a lot of history to explore there and then we go into we we wanted to talk about the origin story for this Indiana Hoosiers team so we take a uh, kind of side trip to the seasons prior to 1987 looking at the big trip where they went overseas to China to play all these games and to Japan and to Europe and played our Venus Sabonis. bonus and then the year before they win the championship they lose in the first round both Syracuse and Indiana are upset in the first round of the NCAA tournament so looking at how those losses may perhaps propelled the the teams and crafted the the decisions that the coaches made head, heading into those games and those situations where they had to make adjustments or take risks that they might not have otherwise taken. And then after that, it goes into kind of a tick-tock where we have those interviews that are with the storytelling of the season we start off with Providence and Syracuse and and have those interviews and the narrative content talking about their seasons and kind of celebrating those teams and then we break down the Syracuse Providence final four game and I used one of my other contributors Robert Wire helped me to rewatch these games and and talk about kind of rewatchable style breaking down each of the moments in in the games then we flip back over to the storytelling episodes where we'll have an interview with Freddie Banks, who is one of the starters for UNLV and Joe Hillman, six man for IU and do the kind of season storytelling for both IU and UNLV. Then we do the UNLV game recap, the IU UNLV game recap with Robert and I plus Joe Hillman. Then the championship game, same thing. Joe Hillman came back a third time, which was really wonderful of him and just gives us that behind the scenes look at everything while we're, breaking down the the game as well and and we wrap up with the final episode just kind of recapping our thoughts on on putting it all all together and and going through it my thoughts on putting it all together We also have kind of a preview of what could be season two with an interview with a local author who's writing a book about Larry Bird's time in high school and start to think about him because he starts out, of course, at Indiana University uh, and then eventually ends up at Indiana State. So what was his high school years like? How did he end up at Indiana State when he first committed to, to IU and actually started at at IU, so really kind of goes uh, full full circle. But I think if you stick with it, it will definitely make you feel like you you lived it. If you didn't, and if you did get to live it, you'll certainly find some some uh, things that connect back to your own memories. And I think the the depth you get on these episodes
0: because of the you know it's not just. You know, reading a box score, we're getting depth from people who were there in the arena. And I think that depth and that richness is is so critical to kind of telling a a season that was that was iconic. Right. So smart jumper over Syracuse. That is the moment that is ingrained in many fans minds. When you think of the 87 season or you hear 1987 NCAA basketball, I think a lot of people are going to go to smart baseline jumper over Syracuse. For the hoosiers to win the national title but what are some of the maybe forgotten gems of 1987 that you're really excited to share with listeners
1: well i think you 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 hit on it talking about 1987 being the first year of the three-point line and you can just see people figuring it out in real time i mean patino no better than providence exactly well patino comes back from the 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 pros where they've got it and all of a sudden he unleashes this weapon on the ncaa billy donovan who is maybe a middle of the road talent prior to that or viewed that that way becomes a a superstar a generational star at at Providence and Billy the Billy the kid and they just have this this run so I think it's so much fun to watch how they use it and Freddie Banks record for three pointers stood for along with one other player at Loyola Marymount they're one and two still to this day so (laughs) it is it's crazy to to think about that those records from 1987 still today And the point guard for UNLV, his record was just broken by the Kansas state point guard this in 2023. So the magnitude of these games, uh, Pretty incredible, considering how long ago it, it happened. I think it speaks to the level of talent on these teams because players stayed longer. I think it speaks to the elite nature of all these coaches to have that level of coaching talent in one final four is pretty incredible. Every one of those coaches, Hall of Fame coaches, every one of them has an NCAA title um, just just crazy that 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 doesn 't doesn 't happen anymore and speaks to kind of where college basketball was at the time you you hit on a few things there that are interesting to me one is 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 providence kind of taking full
0: advantage of the three-point line in a way no one else at that time was because it was brand new patino coming from the pros as you say that kind of really sets the stage for providence to play differently than everyone else and and really kind of thrust them into the national spotlight because they were that team in the big east that hadn't quite cracked through because the big east has obviously a lot of success in the 1980s Sticking with the Big East, I think about nineteen eighty seven. Syracuse at that point is kind of trying to push its way. You know, they were they were they were on the cusp. They had they had Pearl, and mm. Pearl gave them this kind of national notoriety, but they couldn't break through. And yeah. it seemed that one night in New Orleans, they were about to break through, and then. <sighs> Bobby Knight in Indiana, push that push that to the end. You think about Tark the Shark, you know, yes. a, a mid-major program bringing UNLV to the Final Four and kind of establishing that school and that program as a major player in the national scene. That really sets the stage for the success they have in 19. And you think about, yeah, four Final Four, four coaches in the Final Four, all in the Hall of Fame, all win national titles. It's 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 a wild thing. And then you know, on the backdrop of that, you you brought up as well, Indiana ends the 1986 season losing in the first round to Cleveland State.
1: Syracuse and... too loses in the first round. So the two teams in the championship game lost in the first round the year before. But
0: specifically, I mean, that's... that Indiana lost. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, it almost it almost He kind of brings to mind Virginia after you know because that that loss against Cleveland State for Indiana was very embarrassing. I agree, very embarrassing, and that's just not something Indiana did. They lost, especially under Bobby Knight. Hey, the greatest coach in America, what's he doing losing in the first round to Cleveland State? And he did, and it almost calls to mind when Virginia lost to UMBC and as as the one seed a few years back and just the resolve those guys showed uh, Virginia that is to take that very embarrassing loss the first knock with resolve and persistence to, to make it back to the national to make it to the national title game and win the title i think Indiana has a very similar story so i think 1987 when you think about the the, the major players not just on the court the coaches as well well and just how that season really progresses and ends in new orleans it's it's pretty remarkable and i think that that's why to me it's an awesome season to start with pretty pretty cool season to stage for the modern game the way it is played i think Mm -hmm. 1979 in my opinion sets the stage for the modern meaning college basketball being something that the national audience gravitates to i think 1970 i would argue 1979 has the title there but to me 1987 when you think about the the energy and how the game is played the 87 season i think kind of gives us is kind of the forecast what we see today in many respects
1: well i mean any any coach today would love how
0: did you decide
1: yeah, I was going to say any coach today would love the, the IU UNLV game with it scores in the 90s, 43s taken by UNLV. Just an, an absolute incredible game. Rewatching that game, which we'll, we'll put links, of course, to uh, all the YouTube so people can rewatch it themselves. Even prior to the episode, I would recommend people do that because it's just fun to be able to, again, an, add, add another layer to really watch the game if you've never seen it. It is, uh, you know, it comes off alive with like most many games today don't just because again at the college basketball level you don't get that elite level of talent and the camaraderie between the the players everybody's been there for years the the coaches are stalwarts and locked into their systems they they're a top status pole i guess of the their units respective universities and kind of shows in, in the way that the players carry themselves and the way that the games roll out
0: yeah, so, so you teased this a bit earlier, the last season, or, or I should say the last episode of the first season of Iconic Seasons, teases a little bit of 1979. So mm. tell me about the plans you have. I mean, you've only put this first season to bed here of Iconic Season. Tell me about the plans you have moving forward for Iconic Seasons.
1: Yeah, I I I'd love to you know depending on how this season goes, depending on the feedback that we get, so well, you know, if people enjoy it, please, you know, subscribe to the the season, get on Patreon, they'll be able to read the the, the intros there to see what the episodes are about and then to get in there and become a patron and hopefully it, it leads to a second season. But uh, I would like to be able to fund the second season. We had some initial discussions, I think you and I, about what it would be like, but it just takes uh, more research to do. I'd like to do the entire year and some of the backstory. So what we get into in the last episode is a bit of the backstory about Larry Bird. And I think there's an untold story about about him that is that is so... Little known out of you know outside of my little corner of Indiana, maybe where they know what Springs Valley's about. They know what Indiana basketball is about, especially in that era. The talk we talk a little bit about what his high school career was like, how that led to who he was as a person, and it was funny to see in the the HBO show. I don't know if you saw any of that, the the Lakers uh, show that was on. They had kind of a Larry Bird <laughs> portion of that, and they tell a little bit of, of the story or version of that story in about two minutes, but it is in, incredible to to learn about. And, and Magic Johnson, too. I think just where where he comes from and Lansing, his, his family, and the way the way he carries himself at Michigan State and leads them to that championship. I just think there's a real opportunity to you know tell the entire the story of that entire season so i'd like to start a little bit even before how magic and larry got to michigan state and indiana state and then talk about how the the season progresses throughout the season and then focus in again eventually on the on the final four so one of the cool things here
0: is i think you're teasing the ability of going from 1987 or the possibility i should say of going from 1987 back to 1979 and who knows if there's future iconic seasons maybe we're jumping forward <laughs> to, you know 1992 it's a cast of characters but you know by 10 15 years there's connection points with these multiple seasons whether it be kind of the same characters because players stayed longer these connection points that even though there may be 8 10 12 years in between things there's these awesome narratives I think you can tell that connect seasons together that allow you to jump forward or backward accordingly with a icon- I- iconic season. So I th- I'm really excited for what's to come here, man.
1: I, I hope that the Syracuse people, you know, really, pr- really promote this and they'll want us to do iconic seasons 2003 with mellow and uh, give them a different ending to the year.
0: Yeah. The big, the big breakthrough in bayheim's redemption, no <laughs> question. So, and you know, there, you know, you think about this, this is just a connection that comes to mind. One of the most memorable shots in championship game history happens against Syracuse. Yep. Quite arguably the most iconic defensive play in championship game history. Hakeem Warwick blocking that shot in the corner happens with Syracuse. So some cool stuff happens there. And maybe we can tease those Syracuse people. If they're not too angry, we're living the 1987 season. Maybe we can bring them (laughs) back to the 2003 season. That's right. Obviously the Orange got a great fan base here. So uh, let's hope we can do that. So. Well, Aaron, it's always been a fun ride with you, man. I appreciate you being in my partner in crime on the Nineteen Nine podcast for for all these many years. I'm really psyched that you're doing this uh, this new project and and really taking, I think, some of the awesome work I think we did. I, that's patting ourselves on the back, I guess. But you know, hey, man, we're two college basketball fans. That's right. Who, I think knew there was richness in going more in depth to stories and extracting the archives and I know that's kind of a lot of what I did was the deep research on stuff and then getting to have conversations with people where we could get more than the box score or get more than what YouTube might tell us um even if we could watch the game as great as that is well what was said in the huddle because that's not always what we did get or what was happening in the locker room and you hear these just awesome stories. So I'm really proud of the work we did at 99 podcast. And like I said, I'm really excited that you venturing out on this new project and given, giving people a, a deeper dive into some of these, these awesome campaigns in college basketball history. I think I only scratched the surface of the great stories that were out there and just getting people back in this moment of remembering some of these, these great, moments in college basketball history and that's what i think iconic seasons is certainly going to do in spades and in depth and with uh, a great richness so awesome work aaron man and i'm glad we connected here to uh give people a glimpse into what's happening with iconic seasons
1: much appreciated